30,000 years ago, there was a seed that was hidden away in Siberia. And so the proper use of science took that seed that they found and they replanted this 30,000 year old seed and it grew. And that's how much earth, you know, remembers. And maybe it's how much we've forgotten really. Today on The Sounds of Sand, Indigenous Languages and Encoded Quantum Physics, with Teokasin Ghost Horse, interviewed by Alnor Lada, presented by Science and Non-Duality. If you're ready to explore together, listen in now. Welcome to Science and Non-Duality. What is non-duality? Universal forces. It's the collective conscious. Being aware. Trauma is not the external event that happens. Trauma is the impact of that event, which is the disconnection from ourselves. That matter is energy. Energy is matter. That's what EMC squared is about. There's a language without nouns. There is a language without subjugation. There's a language without objectifying. But if it's recorded, then we there is a collapse. But if it's not, then it's the infinite potentiality. Yes, are you I am. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, Aunor, um, who's been, many of you have seen him already as a host of some of the conversations we had this week, who is a, who is a dear friend and uh, an activist and an incredible writer um, coming from a Sufi lineage. And Aunor introduced us to our next guest. So, we asked Aunor to help us introduce Teokasin and uh, together we'll facilitate the conversation. We'll lead the conversation. Aonor, welcome. Mm, beautiful, thank you. And, uh, and thank you to Katie and Kurt. That song is so beautiful. I, we heard it a few days ago, I think on Wednesday the first time. And yeah, it's just really stayed with me. And so much has stayed with me over the last few days. It's been such a, a magical ride and um, I love that today's theme is is birthing, and um, and also bringing Tiokas in into the community, who I, I consider a dear teacher and friend and mentor and elder. Um, and you know, when I was sending the email for the bio, I had this um, uh, a kind of sense of doubt. You know, I'm just like a formal bio for Tiokas is not. That's not a good strategy, you know, it's just like uh, uh, nobody needs the social, you know, we've already heard a lot of social construction of identity when it comes to bios and, and Teokasin is, is so much more than that. So uh, I'll paste his bio, but I, I, I feel uh, unworthy to speak it in some ways. And what's, what's funny is we had this email exchange where I asked for the bio and by mistake, uh, Teokasin uh, was sending a message to somebody else and... Um, and we all read it and we thought, that, oh, that's a very interesting, nonlinear, beautiful way to introduce the talk. And uh, I asked Teokasin for permission. I said, can I, your, your quote unquote mistake, can I read that instead of your bio? So I'm just going to read you this, this little blurb that was, was uh, written. Uh, and then I will say something about the constructed identity just to contextualize, uh, but I won't read his bio. So he wrote, 
I was transfixed on the smells of the air in October and the cool Christmas, songs of the birds, rustling trees, and jackboots pounding the earth in the distant fog as I walk along the road where many must have walked during the times of imbalance. Sometimes my mutterings of a prayer reminded me of those who could not do a full breath, but desperately wanted to say their last prayer, at least out loud. I did not lead, nor did I follow, but walked with the energy as the being of the ancient future now, the Akantu, the earth beings that still live where hope doesn't need to exist because they live in eternity. I close my eyes and there they are, within. Peace with earth. So I think that probably says more about Tiarkasin than, than his bio, but I, I will say that um, he's the, the host and producer of First Voices Radio, which was First Voices Indigenous Radio. It was the first indigenous radio station in, in Turtle Island. It's been going for 28 years now. Uh, he's interviewed, uh, I feel, almost everyone of, of cultural importance in, 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 in many ways. Um, and he's also a really accomplished musician and, and uh, ceremonialist and holds really beautiful uh, gatherings in, in, at the Akantu Institute in upstate New York. So uh, I'll, I will paste the, the, the formalities, if you will. And I'm just so excited that Maurizio and I are in conversation. And uh, uh, yeah, I just feel already that your, your ancestors are speaking to each other. And so I'll, I'll just allow space for that. So thank you for, for uh, being in dialogue. And pleasure to be here and be witness. Thank you, Eleanor. Thank you so much. Yeah, it was so beautiful to receive the, that bio. It was like, wow, that's the most incredible bio I've ever read. <laughs> We're in tears. Oh my God, this is my... It was so beautiful. Tio Kassin, are you with us? Uh, we haven't seen you yet. I haven't seen your video. I, I'm here. Okay. Yay. Yes. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you so much for being here with us today, for your time and willingness to be with us and to be in conversation. Um, when we heard your conversation with Aunor a couple of months ago with Maurizio and Lisa, we were so taken, so mesmerized by, by your presence, that's all, by your presence and where you were speaking from, not even, yes, of course the words matter, but the place from which they were coming from was, it really, deeply touched, touched me, touched my heart. And, uh, you know, we, our, th this conference has started, was informed by the tradition of Advaita Vedanta, of Advaita in India, so non-dual tradition. And I'm, you know, and it has evolved immensely in the last 13 years. And when we heard you speak, we were like, he speaks like the sages in India. He speaks very like of non-duality in um, not with the same words, but you really point to the same um, shared the same. being yeah. that uh, they have come up to from their own uh, paths and ancestors and practices. So that was something that was very striking in a way for us to, to witness. Yeah. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Zaya and Maurice, Mauricio. Yes. Maurizio. Maurizio. 
<laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you so much, Elnor, for that introduction. And I see some familiar faces on this Hollywood squares for those of us who are old enough to remember the TV way back when. And um, yeah, I thank you for reading that, Elnor. I, I wanted to say that that errant email was actually to a friend who I was with and many others back in 2013. He just recently talked about the memory of meeting with with me and, and we meet, met for the first time in 2011 and he remembered and he wanted to send that because we would be getting ready to go to a place called Auschwitz in Birkenau. And uh, <clears throat> what happened was um, I had just been on the email with him before I sent one off to you and I think I pasted and copied it and I wasn't too sure what if, if that was, and I just didn't remember it. I was just so busy answering all these emails. And uh, he uh, reminded me of that time uh, when I met this man named Bernie Glassman. And we, we, we trailed everybody else and we walked together in the back and we were talking about nature as it was then at, that it could be timeless. And as we know, those death camps in Auschwitz and Birkenau and, and Rami reminded me that uh, uh, he had asked me the question. Um, he said that, how does this place feel to you here in, in Birkenau, in Poland? And I said, you know, back at home in the United States, it feels like this every day for me as a native person. And no one wants to really go there and talk about that, that presence um, but it's viewed differently, not, not in a way that a lot of uh, Westerners kind of put things in, in a very binary conscious, conscience. And uh, I was reminded that, you know, in, in the Lakota way, we don't really talk about this thing in, 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 in such a, 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 I don't know, gloom and doom way, but it's really a journey for us. And this journey for us doesn't involve... Uh, it, it, deal, it, deal, uh, have, it involves a lot of praising and grieving at the same time. Now that may may not fit the one or the other, but it, it's it's right down the middle where you you're in balance and focused um, all the time in that consciousness um, to know that it's only a journey. Um, and so we we don't talk about it very much, not because of superstition or myth. It's because we. Um, are experienced with it, right? We, we are not trying to gather information. This is what I think. We, we're not trying to, trying to gather the information to have the knowledge to appear as if we were wise. But we do have the experience here in Turtle Island with Turtle Island before it was the United States or the Western Hemisphere. Um, and I think that's where I'd like to begin and start from as uh, the older brother the older sister here within the Western Hemisphere has Native peoples, yet I cannot speak for all Native peoples, but I can speak from the Black Hills, Hesapa, for the, from where I am from the Lakota people, yet I can't speak for the Lakota, as I can't speak for any other Native nation within the Western Hemisphere. And I think that's, that would be too much of a responsibility to pretend that I, that I can um, so I'm just one of experience at this age now, and, and I could include information and knowledge, and I could include some wisdom, uh, 
but I think more or less I want to learn how to become, uh, how do you say, how to be more of a human being than I ever have been, right? And this is what, where I come from is that I don't, I've been shown not to lead, I've been shown not to follow, but I've been shown how to walk and that's an experience, right? So I'm not going to be salvation pointing or leading anybody out of some misery or to a happy, a happy or a heaven. I'm gonna keep them on earth because I think at this time, Mother Earth needs to help us understand that she needs us now of all the times that we think that we can leave by technology or religion or even science or government, right? And it seems to be people don't want to be here. Um, and uh, of all the times that I want to be here, it's this time because of what Earth is doing. She's purifying, she's cleansing, preparing and dying, praising and grieving at the same time. And uh, to know that balance of it is to actually, I can spend most of the day outside and thinking I'm listening to the nature, but that's the wrong idea. That's the benevolent side of the human who has not learned how to be the being. In other words, I'm saying if I go to nature, I'm going there to, to learn how Mother Earth is listening to me. Mother Earth is listening to uh, the humans, to all life, because she does the best job because she is giving us everything and she's consistently generous with giving us everything all the time. The food, the, the air, the water, everything, the fire, everything. She is consistently giving that to us, right? And then that doesn't take theory. It doesn't take any paper. It doesn't take a book. It takes experience. You out there experiencing allowing her to experience you, you see? So I think that's part of the uh, um, non-complexity of being simple with that original communication that is within our DNA, all of us, and not so <clears throat> much a history that begins for the Westerners in 1492 here in the Western Hemisphere. It's way, it's thousands and maybe millions of years before our experience as native people. So I'd like to uh, allow nature, mother nature to bring that within this um, and, and um, to begin this uh, dialogue uh, with you all conversation to know that in many native languages in the Western hemisphere, we have a relational language. Therefore there cannot be any <clears throat> excuse me, there cannot be any um, word for or concept for domination, which there isn't in, in my language. No word for domination, no concept for domination. And that's how you are able to talk on the same level with so many beings, non-human also, you see? And that's in, that's in our languages. And I think that we've all been away from those languages and made ourselves more of a dogmatic human species rather than living with the earth we've kind of used the earth to get where we are now with progress and uh the, the three uh, dogmas of religion and science and government because they all have a dogma they all have authority where the the ones with culture have the the, the music of the earth and the art of the earth and it, it is those three dogmas that try to keep the art and the music uh, suppressed and dominated because that's all of our true feeling because that's what happens in nature. 
And I think that's part of a little introduction I'd like to uh, send out to everybody. But thank you for inviting me and we'll see where we go from here. Yeah. Thank you to you, Kasim. Um, I heard you say that you, um, you see that everything that we receive, everything that is happening is a medicine, can be seen as a medicine. And how, what do you see? We live in times of deep imbalance. And I don't know if you see it this way. This is my interpretation, you know, where we have extinction of species and climate crisis and coronavirus and all of this happening in our human world and not only, yeah, and non-human. What is the medicine we're receiving at this time? Well, that's um, a good question. Um, specifically, I think we have to do away with looking for proof, um, which is coming out of a cause and effect language in, in that metaphorical sense of the medicine. There is no cause and effect. There is no cure, but there's a consistent healing that we, 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 um, mm. we have to address because I think if we jump bypass and look for the healing, then it comes up, we come up with vaccines, yes. right? Instead of going through the experience of, of knowing to live with this virus to understand that we forgot how to use the medicine of virus. And the way we do that is you have to respect and honor the intelligences and the awareness that has brought to the human species instead of attacking it and as if it was the enemy and something to be conquered, dominated, so that we're never touched. And by the way, I think that in a sense, we lose our spiritual immunity when we, we, we use the dogma, uh, the three dogma that I talked about, because those have to do with, mm, how do I say it, becoming so... Uh, cerebral that we are no longer in touch or no no longer related uh, when we we don't feel the earth anymore so much and so we lose the language and we we tend to move on to the next trend the next retreat the next whatever we think the, the temporary medicine so when I come to medicine is that whether we are using it properly or not because in in that old way that I was taught is that everything is medicine Everything is energy, and if we don't, if we forget the language of that energy, then we're gonna we're gonna make it up. We're gonna make up rituals, and we're gonna pretend uh, that it's okay because we're all human, and we're we're going to share, which is a smorgasbord word, rather than understanding what giving truly is. Um, I think uh, in experiences of of nature now, she's giving all she can. Um, but she's still giving, even though she has less and less every day, she's still giving. And that's the generosity. That's the medicine. That's, that's the, the healing. I think we as humans could be um, uh, um, following, in a sense, uh, walking with that type of medicine is, is always to be generous, not because of charity, not because you have too much, but because you have less. You know, and then we have to, um, how do I say that in the languages, in the nations, uh, our languages are primarily of, of abundance. And we're not talking in lack of, I need, I want, I got to have, I have to possess. Um, so the, these uh, among the traditional people do, does not 
the, this way of lacking everything means that you are always asking for something and more or less begging or praying for something so your your situation is better. Um, so, and then we forget because if if we we ha we're getting all we want, then we forget to to thank. Really, we 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 we're not asking in the correct way. The medicine is not there. So, um, and then when we we speak in a an abundance language, our your prayers become one of only praise. Your your prayers become um, one of thankfulness, always thanking, and and those are the prayers that we center our, our language around are ones of abundance and, and thankfulness that we are still here at all this all this all this so-called time that divides, but we also have um, this this awakened sense of being because of what the COVID has brought, the medicine that she has brought, or this little being has brought to us. And it's, it's that um, we know that we cannot outthink the earth. And we know that because earth does not lie, we must continue the language of truth that she has taught everybody from the beginning. And so if the earth is not lying and our language is, is from the earth and still understanding the earth, we can't get away from that truth. The more we get away from the earth, the more we manipulate our situations, the political political climate, the scientific community, all of those, um, you know, the government, everything is, is we, we are we are, we're still separating. So we're going to be needing more, wanting more as if we could save the earth. And so we, we delineate our little fragmented selves into more, more pieces because we're, we, we have been given the program that we can save the earth. Um, yes, we did partly cause uh, the problem because we forgot how to live with her. And I think that's the toxicity is that we forgot how to live with her. So you can see in nature, we could say it's dying. There's climate collapse. There's extinct uh, species going extinct. There are humans going extinct. And I say the languages, um, the languages in the Western Hemisphere are the most endangered languages of all. Roberta Menchu um, Tung uh, Tum said back in 1996, um, 20, over 20 some years ago, that um, peoples in the world are, are the indigenous within the United States because that aggression, that extraction, that way of uh, uh, generating economy and, and, and supremacy is go out, you go outside of it to bring back to it. And, and yet the keystone thought process is the indigeneity in all of us, because that's how we live with the earth, as you, you know, uh, um, Isaiah and Mauricio, I will say, peace with earth. And it seems simple, and we always look at it that as if it was a problem to overcome. But it's easier said than done when you can actually live, live you're living with the earth, and, and we don't look for the fault in, in others, right? There is a system that has gone unchecked for a long time, and that has, has uh, <clears throat> helped bring clarity to me about why I'm feeling so damn happy these days because of what's going on with the earth. 
she's purifying, she's making herself stronger, she's making consciousness be aware, our consciousness is be aware. And, and we luckily technology, I think we're using this properly as much as we can with when we're having this and yet, was it the fear that put us in the place? Was it the fear that is a sickness? Um, uh, that sickness is within us and that's why we can't adjust to it conquering us or, or the dying of it. So I think one of the prevalencies that I often refer to is, is are we living with the earth? Again, are we living with the earth to, to know that she has quote unquote control? She's at rest doing what she's always done um, and has been doing and will be doing. And so we, we want to be in step with her. And the old ones are saying back home, and I have old ones and I say elders because I talk with them from time to time to set me straight and keep me in rhythm. And the rhythm is that we have been out of rhythm in the Western world for like, a long time now and, and we're at least a year out of rhythm with nature. And so what we're doing is, is trying to, you know, either catch up or go ahead or out thinker or, or out resourcer when all of that comes from the earth. And I really, uh, sometimes I'm, um, I think I'm, if I go into the conceptual mind of the West, I think I'm too fundamental. But when you come to the, uh, the truth of, how are we, are we going to continue to exist here the way we have been trying to, to survive? Will there only be survivors out of this? And I think ahead, is it going to be technology that saves us? Or are we going to save ourselves away from technology? If I switch the lights off, I switch the electricity off, because somebody has control of all of this, you know, and they can switch it off, then who are we in community? Who are we planting the food that grows us instead of us growing the food? It's growing us, you see. And that intelligence that we are actually dominating is no longer, um, we don't see it. So it's just us. See, it's still doing its same thing. And it's, it's still, it's growing thoughts as, as those peoples I know that are closer to the land that even I am. And their, their language is quiet. So when I speak about the, the indigenous languages of the Western hemisphere, these languages are ones that I talk about and have studied, if I could say it that word, but have experienced in translations as much as possible. I had a grandfather who spoke five languages and they're all indigenous languages and he refused to speak English. So you, you see there is a language of verbs. There is a language without... Um, domination, uh, there is a language without nouns, oh, excuse me, yeah, without nouns, that's not verbs. There's a language without nouns, there is a language without subjugation, there's a language without objectifying. And you have a language without time, you have a language that doesn't sort of binarily choose one or the other as heretics. And to, to have the choice to choose, we call it freedom in the Western Hemisphere. But to, to feel that, the, that we are adjusting to the earth all the time is, wow, I can actually have responsibility because the earth is always supporting you as she is. And so in our language, we say tokahe, tokahe, which means to 
put others first. And in this case, we put Mother Earth first. And uh, that, that sort of is a, a buzz catchphrase for a lot of people who want control in governments, because that's the consciousness of the earth that, we, that those dogmas are trying to keep us away from, um, is our consciousness with the earth. Because then, then we realize that we don't have to save, save the earth because the earth is saving us already, you see. And wow, what comfort is that? This, this, like, it, this is so incredible that she's still so generous that she's still giving us what we ask for, right? Um, and, and what we do need. But it's always that we want more, that we can make a better world, that we can go to a new world. And yet we're, that means we're dissatisfied with, with this earth that, that has given us life. Um, and in, and I, I like to maybe stop this part of it is that I, I grew up very poor, um, which is a, a lot of, uh, you know, go-tos for a lot of Native people. But it's, it wasn't the poverty of the West. Um, it was in the sense that we, we failed at being poor, if that makes sense. Just as much as we fail at being rich as Native people. We don't know how to be rich. We don't know how to be poor, you see, because maybe it's the fact that we have to use our intelligence in order to, to live. And I think we've been away from that intelligence for such a long time that it, it, everything is in question and we don't, we don't accept um, any answers from the so-called lower classes of indigenous peoples, the rooted ones with the tree roots consciousness, everything that's underneath the earth is being uploaded now to all of us, regardless if we think that we still have to look up to, to get downloaded, it's uploading from the earth. And we're listening, Anamakopta, we are listening. The earth is listening to us, right? And we, we are asking the earth to listen to us um, because we don't know yet. And, and that's, again, those are the three favorite. I don't know, we don't know, we think we know, but we will never know, you see? And that's the mystery that is in part of my life. I can be angry at one moment. I can be so peaceful at another moment. But I realize that's the scope of me, of myself, not understanding the mystery as well, because uh, I'm I'm stuck in the Western world of reactionary, right? But but there's other inclusiveness that I have within the way I grew up. Is that I'm including all the the mistakes, all the medicines of the human. Right, because we all want to, how do you say it's the being in us. Uh, uh, the being in us is not just evolved, but it's it's there already. We just don't acknowledge it. We don't um, we don't acknowledge it. We don't recognize it, and, and most of all, we don't accept it because we think we can do better. Which again is another. Um, way of saying that uh, in a lot of the nations, there is no word for better. So, you know, because if we say, I want something better, then somebody's always going to have something better than you. Um, so it's a race. It's a jonesing of the Joneses. And if you are able to work with what little you have, that would be much more than someone who has everything and can do very little, you see. So... In that way of balance, that's how I'd like to sort of introduce this. And um, I, re I really, um, um, I, I had another call um, the other day and I thought about just, you know, how much this earth, 
misses us children, we children as, as human beings. She misses us so much that she's totally trying to get us our, get our attention now. But we are diverted and distracted by those dogmas that I talked about earlier. They are totally distracting us. And um, so we, we, we are forced to, to take less oxygen in by wearing masks. I'm not saying it's wrong that we, we're, we're accepting this too, too easily as much as we're accepting technology, we're accepting the fear that's behind all these dogmas, you see. And, and that, that's, um, I think, a common, I'm not going to use big words. I'm not going to use theory. I'm just going to use the experience that I have um, uh, living in this society now called America. Uh, I know, um, basically, it's the love of riches. America means the love of riches. When I become an American, I'm one who loves riches. And I sure don't want that to happen because that means extraction, extracting the base of the earth to explain our survival and rationalizing why we are the dominant species here. And I can go back to nature again. And all of you know that nature has us in balance because if there's too much of this domination thinking, she's going to take care of it as she does in nature. There's a, too much of one species. She's going to start calling them back so that there's an imbalance, so that there is a balance again. Um, and I think these simple ways of thinking are actually um, the foundation of keystone species. And I, I'll go as far as this because um, I like disagreement, but I'm not going to prove to you um, why you have to agree with me. I'm going to... Uh, because the standard is, because I'm speaking this language, which is foreign to me, I have to call my spiritual side and go into the rational, logic, reasonable side. So uh, I'm actually calling, calling my, uh, my thought process, and I don't want to do that anymore because I feel very restricted. And I, I think by understanding um, uh, indigenous ways, uh, somehow... We all reminded that deep within there is an indigeneity, and and I always say that it is possible if you feel empathy for the earth, then that that is all of our seed. We begin to to realize that because I can give you and sound like I'm academic and smart, and I have this technique, and I'm a scientist. And you can have information and knowledge, and say that you're wise because of that, but. When, when you, you go that far, you're, you're um, how do I say it? Um, um, there is the experience of indigenous peoples who can look and see 100,000 plants in the Amazon where the scientific community can come up with 10,000 uses for these plants. And these folks do not have the Western education, right? And, and this reality that we are supposed to explain ourselves within as indigenous peoples will not work because we've always been outside of the box looking at the box. And I think that's, that box is falling apart. And so if we want to talk about dying, I think that's part of um, the goodness that, that earth wants us all to live in that good way with her. Yeah. Thank you to Cassine for this. And um, 
So we talk a lot about trauma now these days, like we have the science of trauma or the therapist and we're learning about intergenerational trauma um, and how that, and also the original trauma of human beings is really the disconnect from the mother. Really, it goes back to that. That's the, where it all started. And I wonder what is your understanding of, of trauma and in Lakota language? I know I've heard that there is a word for that. There is a pointer for that. And how 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 have you lived in this field? And do you see it as a field of trauma? And how does one even begin to healing is maybe even early. We're just learning about that and. One more element to bring to the question as we're learning more and more about the history of the world, like we see everywhere so much domination and the Europeans coming to America, they, they came with horrendous trauma carrying in their bodies, in their souls, running away and imposing it here on the native, on the First Nation people. And how do we even begin to heal these wounds in ancestral wounds that we all carry in one way or another well um just from personal experience and as a people and as peoples of the western hemisphere as i said before i can't speak for them i think my personal experience again has to do with um the, the trauma that is always present when you remove any, any species, including human, from their roots, when you uproot them and, and put them doubts that their DNA is not, that's a separation. And I think this, that separation trauma that we have has been low grade uh, for a long time for Native peoples. And it, it's sort of this ongoing oppression that we can't be free to go to the traditional places to say our prayers to gather our spiritual food, to understand the stars in a, in a way that we've been understanding. And this has been interrupted. And this is part of, um, you know, um, <clears throat> what people say is we carry the angst within all of us because we, we forgot who we are. But I, again, I would say that Native people, we still know who we are because not, we're not trying to define ourselves into what we are. Like, I'm a doctor, I'm a lawyer, I'm this is the role I play, but who we are is actually the consciousness of knowing the land, and we'll, we will will not destroy the land where we 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 are or we are living with, and that's the, tr the the ultimate trauma. And you think about well, there is these native peoples uh, in in South America who are being traumatized consistently now, as we are here, just being it's we're we're whittled down to to reservations. Our language is so inclusive that um, they, they couldn't include us in America. They put us on reservations. And so even, even you know, having to uh, acquire that vernacular to convey what can't be conveyed, the feelings of who we are as Native people into an emotional tact to be psychologized to pieces right, to say, well, now we are into the COVID and everybody is uh, COVID pandemic fatigued and we're not really looking into the fatigue. Uh, so many angry people out there 
constant numbers here and there to, to people are uh, don't understand what trauma is. But when we go to the nations, yes, we are colonized and we are traumatized again. But I think um, if you understand, is the the secret is not to become numb to the dominator, the oppressor. I mean, uh, we can look at one who smiles at you and treats you nice and gives you the money and gives you the vaccination and gives you the projects so that you feel better about leaving the earth. I don't think I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm saying the fact that without hope, without the support, without all of, you know, the Western uh, remedies, there is the one healing option left. And as that, that's get, getting to know the earth once more because she's never forgotten you and she still gives to you. And I think that is part of uh, reassessing the psychological <laughs> backdrop that we've been pretending to, to think that that's our way out uh, as, as humans is no, it, it is the cultural backdrop of the earth that is the actual healing medicine to that trauma, the visions, the dreams she has for us rather than what we have for the earth. You see, and the benevolency is just false that we can do that to the earth is, wait a minute now, we, let's back up here and really reassess our original tree roots consciousness rather than our grassroots mentality that to change something on the outside but not within the inside, you see. And so um, at, this, at this point, you know, this, this is not, this is not um, sort of theory. This is things that you see in action because you're watching the earth do the very complex things that we think we can do with technology. You know, she's, she's still doing that complex miracles, I guess you would call them. And if, if we forget to watch that, we get to lis listen, we forget to listen properly, then we're not using the medicine that's given to us. Um, yeah, so bearing witness a lot to, to this and, and knowing by now we, we can't just keep doing our best. We have to do what's required. And, and I think that's fundamentalist uh, in, in, it is, uh, in its glory, because we have to do what's required now. Um, and, and, and Native peoples have always had, had to do what's required because um, people try to take hope away from us, right? Um, a system is still doing that and it's trying to take, uh, uh, I guess, that, that feeling of connection or relationship with the earth. So now we're getting into the fear of the trauma. And I said, trauma and fear um, is really the sickness. It's the being that we're not we're not seeing properly. Uh, I think part of this is to know that this being called COVID, which brought a little trauma, is also introducing new awarenesses, new intelligences. And, and we know, from what I've been told and talking to one elder back home, is that there are 33 new intelligences and awarenesses. Um, but we can't get to them through this language of subjectivity and noun blatantness, um, and uh, which is dogmatic in a sense, and it's, it's uh, mind language rather than heart language. Um, so I think there is that trauma um, within us that we we pretending that we we speak heart language when. The, the fear, the, the fear, the trauma is that we never will speak heart language because of our programming. Um, and once we, that is all controlled, that we constantly look for 
um, the healing of who we are. Because at the end of our lives, we get to a point where, what, what did I do? Who am I? What, did, what am I? Our accomplishments, right? This, if I have accomplishments and I have these degrees and I did this and that project, then look at me rather than who are you? You know, did you step on that bug today? Did you thank the water? Did you, you know, thank the fire? The fires, did, did you thank the animals? Did you see the bird? Did you thank these, these beautiful beings, which is that intelligence that is lacking from who we are as human beings now? So, yeah, I think in that way, the trauma, it, it's always healing, you know, um, uh, and I feel it. Um, I at one time and still do oftentimes I have PTSD right post-traumatic stress disorder and um, and I learned to to walk with that and treat it as not a friend or an, or an enemy but to know that it's present and that medicine that that's been offered to me now is also it makes you more aware of your 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 space and, and and your relationship that you get to notice everything in relationship or rational thinking you don't get to notice everything you have to be very specific and and yes we are all human we are all humans but some of us have forgot how what it means to be a uh, being with that tree a being of consciousness with the fire, all those elemental intelligent consciousness that make us up that we can't live within. We can't live in the, in the fire. We can't live in the water. We can't live in a tree. We can't live in an animal. We can't, you know, we can't live in rocks, but all of those intelligences, consciousness live within us, you see. But look what we think about those so-called intelligences and look what we're doing to ourselves. So that's the trauma I would like to talk about, not some psychological, you know, I'm going to go to that class and get healed or cure for. It, it just kind of slows the process down from going straight to the source of this trauma. Yeah. Yeah, the trauma of separation from from the mother, from the, yeah, the, that is the original mm -hmm. trauma of humanity. Yeah, that... Um, well, this this gathering has been centered around the topic of dying and living, and I was wondering if you have some reflections about how do you see that that birth, rebirth, life um, again the in the Western culture talking about linear language and cause and effect and beginning and endings. We um, we have the fear of that. There is a which has separated us from ourselves and from from the mother, from nature. Um, what are some of your reflections on that? Or um, okay, if, if people can stay with me, um, this may take a while, but I'll try because it takes a lot a lot of words in English to explain what I'm feeling, or at least close to it. Um, so when the people got here, the, the Westerners got here, the Europeans got here, whoever else came with that dogmatic idea that God is separate and away from us, and therefore we define God. Um, but when they got here, they found that a lot of Native nations didn't have a, a, 
God, so to speak, in that dogmatic fashion. So they banned our way of speaking and, and thinking and living culturally up until, I think it was 1966, that we couldn't even in a circle because that was power and not let those indigenous people sit within their power. Um, and so when, when they came here, they, in, in this case, they came and found the Lakota people, which is, we are in the geographical center of North America. So we were, were one of the last peoples to actually be contacted. Um, and that's why we resist and we, have, we are resilient to a society that is still coming at us in a sense, because it wants to our land and as America is, it wants our land. So um, when I think about um, the death and dying, it's like, okay, so I think it was the first death to say that we could define God. How arrogant was it to someone of Lakota to say, to think, how could they define God when that center of the universe is everywhere? You know, how could they put God into a noun form and then kind of rationalize later on in verb form? Um, so the Wakan that we used, which says to purity and energy, um, in a sense, uh, it's uh, to consciously apply mystery to everything. And trying not to solve the mystery will, will um, not well, well if you try to solve the mystery that will try that will drive you crazy and you always look for explanation but if you accept a mystery in a, a very aware state then you understand that we cannot define god you see and to to us to put it that sense of benevolence into a book that, or, or even a religion so i think i, I my uncle said there are 220,000 organized religions of the world and they're all dogmatic, but there's one spirituality and that's the spirituality of consciousness that they are trying to take us away from by creating dogmatic religions, right? And so this spirituality is one of earth and it's the oldest spirituality is your, your communication, your consciousness with earth, that's the oldest spirituality, which can never be religion, because we didn't have any religion or word for it in, in our languages, let alone have a word for God and say, that's a he or even a she, a god or a goddess. You see, who in the world could say that, except for people who, are, who can't let go of control and domination? So... Um, in that sense, I think that's, again, the living and dying is when you make, when you put mystery, um, con you consciously apply mystery to everything. Everything is alive. Everything is you. You are everything. Not in the sense that we come, um, uh, uh, what's the word, um, uh, everywhere. You're thinking, your thoughts, your, your atoms are everywhere, which is true, but yet your, your sense of your, what your responsibility is, is, is simply to live, learn how to have peace with the earth, with the earth, not peace on the earth, because what are we thinking, domination, or are we thinking living with, you see? And so um, you will see this, and we'll, we'll go constantly go back to the programming of, um, you know, whatever scriptures there are, and we'll, we will describe everything instead of scribing it. 
we will describe, we'll take things constantly apart because we want to get to who we are. And again, the, the trauma, the living and dying is, is every time we discover something closer to who we are, it makes us live. No matter what age, because spirit has no energy, has no age. That energy is, is ageless. So when you're in the continuum, when you're Akantu, as Elnor first said, Akantu means earth man, earth being, or earth being, earth woman, earth man, earth being. And to really understand it, it also means something like the being from the ancient future now. And we've always had this. We never said be here now, which is a rage of a lot of people who want to go somewhere and manipulate whatever energy that, that uh, gives is the fact that being here now was a perfect place to put native people because they cut our history off and you could not be native anymore. And they cut it in the future that you cannot be, you have to be good Americans, you have to be good citizens, right? But it's the most difficult for a system to try to, to continue to make us that means that we won't be good human beings anymore. We will accept all the materialism uh, and dogma and domination very easy. Um, so these are the explanations that I, I can, that I've talked about a lot and um, disagreed with other indigenous folks have in, disagreed with me, but it's that acceptance of disagreement that we can go to the extremes and, and still be able to come together knowing that this is the beauty of the, the human species is, is that there's just not once one intelligence, right? Because that there's intelligence that we are bringing to the table, so to speak, from the trees, from the water, from the fire. These are the intelligences and they're showing us how to live and die by consistently giving, right? And so the giveaway that we have that we forgot has turned into to take away. So we're just taking away. We're taking what was your takeaway? It, what is your takeaway? You know, like what did I package to bring home so that I could feel better about taking things rather than giving, giving your generosity of that energy of spirit, which is ageless again. So I think that the living and dying that we're feeling in either side is because we forget to recognize the medicine that we have um, with that energy. Yeah. Thank you, Tio Kassin. I would like to take some questions from the community, but I have one last question that I feel like is very um, potent for this time, and I would love to, if I could ask it. And it's really weird. Um, also experiencing social crisis, and we hear a lot about uh, racial injustice right now, but we don't hear much from indigenous voices. What is it, where you stand in terms of racial injustice? How do you relate to this conversation? Do you relate? Um, and again, I would wanna say that, um, because we made justice into a mental project, into a mental scheme. Um, so we seek justice, human justice, civil rights, um, all of those mental, and they're all depending on the laws that humans make or make up to, to control justice in a sense. Um, so when I think about uh, this, um, hmm, 
the the uh, where is the truer justice? Um, uh, it is is in the consciousness with the earth, and 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 see, we want to up, uh, we want a way out quickly. Um, we want the answers, how to do something. But you go among the people, the nations. We're not saying, we're not saying how do you do something, right? We're we're not an instruction manual. Because you can put those books in, in, in whatever in a fire and they'll burn, but the knowledge of the fire is retained, the memory of, of that book being burned and the information that we put on the energy, the the energy of the ink into the the, the paper which came from from the earth anyway. Um, so the disconnection that I'm I'm talking about is um, hmm, um how do you say this in English now? Um, Let's start just ask me the question again, Isaiah. Would you ask me that question again? Yeah. Um, well, you, yeah. What is when you hear, I mean, racial injustice, there is a movement, and where does indigenous voices are in this? Uh, how do they relate to this movement conversation? Um, uh, what is the stand take? Okay. I, thank you. Thank you. Well, okay. I guess I was talking about the way. Um, I was at a gathering outside and there was 85 people. Some were masked and some weren't masked, but um, um, some were conspiracy theorists and some were just more or less whatever. And and I was the only native there and it was on Indigenous Peoples Day. <laughs> and a lot of other people who wanted to be native they continue, well, I'm part native this and part native that, um, but there, there's no uh, experience as an indigenous person. Um, so I, I talked about um, the experience of a native person and someone asked me uh, the question, well, what do you do as, there's so many of us non-natives here, what do you do? I said, no, no, you're looking at this the wrong way. All these trees that are surrounding us and that those birds, and all those bugs, and those are indigenous peoples. You are surrounded by us. What are you going to do about your racism? What are you going to do about your man-made laws to try to control the many of us who are still waiting for you to learn the lesson? And so in that way, there was a lot of silence. And then there was a coming together because you see not humility, but the humbleness and the sort of a modesty of spirit to say, well, I have, I came here with my PhD. Now I want to go burn it because that PhD will not apply to how I, how to live with the earth. Right. Cause that PhD didn't come with instruction manuals. It came more or less to tell you that you couldn't do certain things that inherently our spirits can do if we allow it to. And so the, the wild or the wilderness within us, the freeness is what that means, rather than domesticated, the domestication, which is um, basically uh, not being free, right? Tame is, is people are being led the wrong way. We're being distracted by the political and the, the scientific and the community and the government. We're being distracted. And then... We can go outside of the box a little, but but when it, and say Black Lives Matter or the Indigenous peoples are missing in the picture, 
and we're going to try to put them back in a box and make it okay for us to go on with the same system. But then, but then, is the Earth thinking this? Is is the Earth feeling guilty? Is the Earth um, does the Earth know what sin is? Does the Earth apply any of these so-called justices and injustices um, for us as 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 humans? Right. So the intelligence is to, to, again, the balance of who we are is that we understand the wrongs, the wounds. Um, Native people here in the Western Hemisphere, my people, the Lakota, understand this. We have to still live with it. But we see that the grieving process within, especially the Western Hemisphere, is a quick, when you talk about Indigenous peoples, it's a quick conversation. And then we 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 kowtow to the one native people, native native peoples that are giving us what what we think they should that it's comfortable for us rather than going right to the the cause of it. We want to band aid everything so it doesn't hurt so much. So I think that that's what the earth is showing us um, that to know that those mental games of injustice and racial racial thing is because we forgot who we are. Um, children know who they are. They don't have racism. They don't see, that's what I'm saying, is that innocence in every one of us has been forgotten, not because it's tied to guilt, because there is no guilt. That's just some emotional irresponsibility that you've been programmed to, to think is, is rectifying the situation when everything is innocence, because every moment is innocent, and we forgot to acknowledge that, you know, and that makes us equal. And we've been taught that we were better than that those Mexicans or those indigenous peoples or whatnot. Um, and so I think the, 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 the energy of imbalance, being in balance, um, is the, the, the so-called new language that, that's here and present. And we must recognize that mystery of balance. To me, I mean... I, I'm so blown away by what you're saying and the way you're saying, and I feel so hurt and humiliated that I cannot hear you in your native language because I feel that, that you are making an effort to translate the untranslatable. When we do the, the Advaita, when we, when we talk about oneness, godness, we, we, we know that we cannot use the word, but we try to climb to, and I feel that you have that in your essence, in your word, in the, because it feels that when you talk about the Lakota language, you talk about, no, you don't talk about the language, you're talking about a way of being, you talk about uh, the expression of oneness, the expression of oneness with every being in nature. And I feel so humbled and, and uh, frustrated that I cannot hear you in your essence, but I have to hear you through the filter of this, of this uh, language that is not designed to express it and is not yours nor mine. And I feel so... Uh, I just want to share this. Uh, this every word you... In the word you say, at one, I always feel there is, there is an incredible gem all of a sudden that appears, and I want to stay there and unpack it, but I don't want to continue speaking about. Uh, I don't know if you, if I, if this. Agreed, if agreed, Mauricio. Um, the the uh, inclusiveness um, 
a relationship because when you're in a relationship you you sense everything you don't leave anything out so you know in, in you may sense my anger you may sense my frustration just like you you know it's like how do i translate this into uh, trans how do i translate a no a metaphorical phys, uh, quantum physics language into one that has cause and effect and subjective and noun-filled and objectifying and dogmatic and, you know. So I always go back to, look, we, we were taught our language from the earth. And we, we still have those, those stories of how we were taught the language of the earth. Birds don't lie, like I said, trees don't lie, water doesn't lie. And so we have that language and we look at it, the language of no lie, right? We can't make it up. We can't make earth up. You know, we, we go into our own imagination and as if we, we the earth is an enemy and struggle. So we have to continually conquer the earth. And yet we, we don't know how to do that to ourselves. So when I think about the children, they'll agree. They agree. Earth doesn't lie. And they get it like that. We've been sophisticated. You know, think that, well, we're better than this and we can make bombs and we can go to the moon. And it's like, Wow. What falseness is that when we well, we're doing this to the earth, our own mother, you know, and and so solutions and goal oriented societies, I think, are looking for a beginning and an ending all the time back to the drawing board. So when you have people who don't have the accoutrements of education that the Western has, uh, uh, Westerners have, or they're 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 constantly in the know, like in in an animal. Uh, they are present. They are here. They're not in the future. They're not. In, they're here. And we all have that wealth, all of us. But we've been distracted by languages, by possession, you know. And we go back to, wow, in the original language of Lakota, there was no word for I or me or my or mine or ours. So now what? It's not about you. It's about relationship. So we speak that relational language, and that's how we recognize that maybe we are all one, but we're not going to say we are until we learn how to relate, and not just to humans in, in that anthropocentric-centered way. It's, uh, it's we, we learn how to relate with all life, right? Because all life brought us here, all life to us, right? The midakoe oyasi. E equals MC squared and beyond. That's what I'm talking about. It's just not, you know, it's a, it's not a formula as Einstein put it. It's way beyond this, and um, and that, that the quantum physics of of being uh, with the Earth, I think, is is that formula that's miss, missing, right? Because we we have a launching lacking of language to say we don't have enough, and yet we do. We've just been programmed so far, so much, so long away from who we are. We're looking for a quick fix and a bypass, yeah. right? And, and I, I think Mother Earth is showing us now and will more. And all we worried, all worried about as humans is our suffering, not the Earth. Because we always say she's going to be here. That's kind of true. But we say in a sense that if she's here, then we're going to be here which is not true. You see, 
So we are out of step. We are out of rhythm with the earth and her movements. And even if there was a time calendar such as the Maya who are so true to that, right? We have to demythologize what we know about native people. We have to take the indigenous, uh, excuse me, the colonization and really given to you. And, and so that doesn't exist in the original languages, then maybe that's the medicine of, of being, uh, learning how to, to heal, heal oneself. Instead of being a benevolent, I am a shaman and I can go heal you. You know, like, <laughs> no, it's, we already know how to do that, right? And, and I think being around other peoples can do that. I'm, I'm out here in the, Western, in the Western world now, in the United States, in America, and I got to know a society. Yeah, I speak its language, I have its education, I know it's mathematics, I know the computer, you know, I've got books I've read and all of that. And I wanted to get what, what I, I guess I wanted to understand why we needed all of this when it's so simple. You know, and, and, and yes, I did take that route, right? And like I told Brother Elnor, I took my degrees and I burned them. Because they didn't teach me anything. They, they, they taught me what I couldn't do. You know, that, that's all they taught me. And so now I'm in the phase of knowing again. I'm a gathering in a few hours here with peoples around a fire, a simple fire. Right? And there's no agenda. And people want to say, well, there's an agenda. But no, the fire doesn't have an agenda. The, the, the fire will treat us all uh, in balance, and she'll recognize everyone's energy. Um, and so giving birth to that which we've forgotten, I think is, is um, we can, we can, we all die, it's a journey. And so when we live again, uh, I, I do this now so that you may live. You see, is what we say to the earth, is what we say to the creation story, the, the, the beings. We, we could constantly in that, even when I um, was asked, and I asked an elder of this about, you know, even domination. And I said, what does Lakota mean? And they say, well, it's the people, you know, it's a human being, it's the first. And, and then he came to society and he said, well, Lakota means asking for the centering of the original instructions. So when we say Lakota, we are always asking to be guided here with knowing how to live with the earth. Because obviously, as a human species, we haven't learned how to live with the earth. We're still destroying the earth, or at least our ability to live with her. Right? So when I get to that, the ceremony is already in here. I close my eyes and it happens. I look out here and it's very limited. So the ceremony is within here. And it doesn't take meditation to know that. It takes involvement outside of this right-angled mentality, right? Um, yeah, so that, that's um, where I'm at with uh, in my energy right now with you all. Thank you, Tio Thank you so much. And 
We have very few minutes left, so I'm tempted not to go into questions, but if you feel called to share a prayer or... Um, and I or want to apologize silence. to Gary. I apologize, Gary. I, I, I jump over and I, and I ask my question instead of... Yeah, I apologize to taking over that. So, so yes, sorry. So, Tiogasin, if you'd like to close, because we have few more minutes, very few minutes. Um, um, I, I like to say that I already said a prayer in my language before I came on. Um, and I'll do it after. But um, this is so deep that I will not do this right now because I've already done it and I will do it after. But for us right now, this ceremony of technology that we of uh, experienced is, is our ceremony, is our prayer. And we bring that into each of our living rooms, into wherever we are in behind the screen of the black box. And we know that technology is not the answer, but it's the wisdom that we lack with technology. And so when we, when we bring it back to the earth, we understand She has given us everything, and our, our changes into abundance. And, and once we recognize that, every leaf that has fallen here where I live in the Catskill Mountains, every leaf, as I said to Bernie Glassman, as I walked years ago uh, in Birkenau and Auschwitz, every leaf that has fallen and fallen to the ground is a prayer answered. Because she's performed or given herself once again to life by showing us dying. Each season is different. And so I would like to leave that with you in, in, the, in the energy of the prayer that you expected. Thank you. Thank you, Tiokesi. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for being here, sharing, yeah, a lot of words, but really what stays with me is not the words, is really, again, like I started this, you radiate um, your experience, your, your connection, you bring the mother here in this, in this space through your spirit, yeah. Hmm. Thank you for that. Wow, thank you. I... I you know, if I had a, a, a wish, if that's what it was, um, it would be simply <laughs> that we give thanks to the earth before anything. That's all. Wow. So 30,000 years ago, there was a seed that was hidden away in Siberia. And so the proper use of science took that seed that they found and they replanted this 30,000 year old seed and it grew. And that's how much earth, you know, remembers. And maybe it's how much we've forgotten really. So when you give your whole health changes like the earth, she's giving 
And so she will always be healthy. And, and just, just to know that the lessons are already there. You don't, don't need to find them in a book, right? They, they are our experience. So after this, I'm going outside. <laughs> so thank you so much for being here. And um, yeah, thank you, Elnor, and all the folks, brothers and sisters and relations. Um, yeah. So I'm going to take this and I'm going to press that and I'm going to disappear. <laughs> <laughs> The illusion of disappearance, because it goes way beyond this. We know okay. that we have been all touched by each other, each and every one in this circle of squares has yes. been touched mm -hmm. by your present and vice versa. So we're still forever connected. Thank you. Thank you, Elnor, for the connection and for your presence here. Thank, Thank you, Tiokasin. Thank you. All right. Okay. You can go now, right? Yes, yes you can go. Okay. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Thank you to Zaya Maurizio, Benazzo from Science and Non-Duality, Eleanor Lada, and of course, Teokas and Ghost Horse for today's episode. Thank you for listening to The Sounds of Sand. We invite you to explore more of our talks, dialogues, videos, articles, events, and offerings through our website, scienceandnonduality.com. We would love it if you could leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Google, and Spotify, and share this episode with your family, friends, and all sentient beings. Be well.